This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Square like space heater looking things. And- uh, yeah, kind of one of those like uh, like the the stand up propane bottle jammies. Yeah, you know, with the like fa- it looks like a little fan, but it's a heater. Yeah. yeah, dude, took that thing. That was clutch. Like, I oh yeah, no people. So baseball, high school baseball season starts. I think they played their their first game. I want to say like last Thursday night, maybe or maybe yeah. it's the first couple weeks of baseball season down here. You know, it's in like the fifties, so I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, you know, I'll fine. I'll put pants on, or maybe at least socks. <laughs> but there's people that you know, because a lot of people bring their own chairs, and but they'll have the blankets that they're sitting on their lap, and then those little portable propane heaters. And I'm like, you know, it's it's 54 degrees. Like, I promise you're not going to die if that's stupid, without the, like that's a bit much. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, bunch of softies, man. Kinda. Soft ass Georgia fans. Oh, here we go. <laughs> hey, man, they are soft. You like question a Georgia? They have fan no. I would tell you they they have become sensitive lately. They have, man. Like it's like no, we're the best ever, the best since sliced bread. I I don't know what to make of it. I'm just like, man, hey, relax. Like we know you're good, but like you're not going to win every national title from now until 2045. Like, um, yeah, unlikely. Uh, <laughs> don't tell them that, though. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Are we live? Uh, I guess well, are we, we are. We, we, yeah. Uh, welcome back to the South End Zone. You're on the Big Skin Podcast Network, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm your host, Jason Bailey. I'm back to civilization. I'm back with Eric Mulher. Eric, what have you been doing for the last two weeks, man? We, we took a week off there. I was out in the sticks. So what have you been up to? A lot of kids' sports, a lot of home projects. Uh, mm. Built a built a picture frame. Uh, that was my <laughs> first time. That was a learning experience. I did some uh, some light rewiring and electrical troubleshooting, which I'm not very good at. That was a learning process. So, oh my god, you know, just trying to keep uh, keep busy and occupied. Oh Jesus, old retired guy. Well, yeah, puttering. Um, That's what we call it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Speaking, speaking of puttering, you know, I, I'm going to go a little bit off script here because I just can't wait to hear your comments about this. Speaking of puttering, you could say Brian Ferentz's offense was puttering uh, last year yes. for uh, Iowa. You could, and- you could say that and you would offend putterers everywhere. <laughs> I just kind of wanted to know what your thoughts were because, you know, we'll get into the rest of this show shortly. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll describe the, what we're going to do for the listeners, but just, you know, right out of the gate, mm-hmm. uh, for those of you who don't know, Brian Ferentz, the offensive coordinator at Iowa received uh, an amended contract, uh, we'll call it. And one of the sticking points was he has to average 25 points per game this yep. season. And he took a $50,000 pay cut yep, from pay cut. nine from 900 K down to eight fifty. 
and his contract has incentives where he could potentially earn more than 900k if he meets all his marks. So yeah, there's a there's a team win total in there too, and I don't remember offhand what it is. I want to say it's eight. Okay, does that sound right? Yeah, I I didn't see that part of it, but you know, okay. So knowing all of that, Mm -hmm. what I mean, just that was. I mean, am I am I crazy to say that that was like one of the worst offenses we've seen in the last thirty years in college football? Well, I don't know about the last thirty years. I don't know that I'd go. I'd want to go that far down in the rabbit hole. But they were among. I only say thirty because I started paying attention to college football when I was about eight. Yeah. (laughs) So. Well, I mean, there's I mean, there's been some truly terrible teams in the last 30 years, right? But yeah. as far as just the last two seasons, uh, offensively, they've been just a box of smashed assholes. I mean, they are <laughs> awful. Uh, they're in they're in the 120s in most cat, you know, yards per rush, yards per pass attempt, yards per game. You know, third down, red zone, they're terrible. They ran. I, I read somewhere they ran 38 plays inside the 10 this season mm-hmm. for 38 yards. We couldn't do diddly poo offensively. <laughs> like they're averaging one yard of play inside the 10. <sighs> so I don't know the, the whole, so we've seen amended contracts before, right? We, we saw it with Harbaugh. Oh yeah. Harbaugh. Uh, Scott, 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 Scott Frost. Frost. So yep. this is, this is different because this isn't a head coach. Yeah. It's, it's not often you see highly publicized amended contracts with yeah. coordinators. Right. I don't, <laughs> I mean, I don't, common. I've never heard of one. Um, I, I mean, I've seen them like, you know, in the SEC, given that I, you know, am like a football Nazi and I pay attention to it really hard, but it's never like I've noticed them, but it's never been something that's like super publicized, like nationally read like this. Yeah. So, and it's, so part of the uncomfortableness of this is the fact that it's, you know, it's the head coach's son. And if he was running this offense and got these results, you know, at uh, Oregon State or Louisville, or you know, pick, a, pick a big 12 team anywhere other than where his father is the head coach. You know, he would have been fired if not after last year, certainly after this season. Oh yeah. Like um, mid season, he would have been canned. Yeah. So because they're technically state employees, Kirk Ferentz is not Brian Ferentz's boss necessarily. He's on paper. He's supervised by Gary Barta, the athletic director. Mm-hmm. College football fans might know Gary Barta as a playoff committee chairman uh, in the last couple of seasons. Right. Uh, but he's the athletic director at Iowa and he's the one behind this. So Kirk Ferentz signed an extension. His current buyout, if they want to fire him, is in the 40s. Yeah, uh, I, I believe that was uh, prior to last season, correct? Where it's it either prior or after last season. I don't remember, yeah. but it's recent. I want to say it was prior to last season and it was up to $7 million per season. They they gave him a raise. So Yeah. Um, but he's he's unfireable for probably at least more three more years, just based <laughs> based on what they're going to owe him. And you know, are you are you going to fire the head coach's kid because he's not going <sighs> to? He so, should. And it's kind of weird with this incentives because you look at I, it and you're like, you know, the there's there is a win. I don't remember what it is, but there is a win incentive in there, which is weird for a coordinator, not a head coach. <laughs> to to be responsible for. But on the flip side, that kind of takes care of itself if he meets the points per game. Because if you look at Iowa and their schedule and how they play defense and how they play special teams, they don't have to average 25 points a game. To win. if they if they went out and scored three touchdowns and one field goal every game, no more, no less, just 24 points every game, they're going to go probably 10 and 2 at worst. <laughs> what my uh, my projection is that they're going to have the same shit 
terrible offense, but they're going to play like Youngstown State and drop a 60-burger on them right. to, get them, yeah, to so get them up to that average. What, whatever group of five or SCF, FCS team they play, uh, they are going <laughs> to run it up. And so that when they got to go play, you know, Wisconsin or Minnesota or somebody, they'd be like, okay, well, we got a little wiggle room now. So, and it's weird because <laughs> that it's so public because now like everybody, everybody knows Oh, you, yeah. can, you can follow week to week, like how many points are they average? Basically, it's like, are they going to get to 300 points by the end of the season? Yeah, it's pretty wild, man. It's it's a first for me. I've never seen it so publicized like this. Yeah. So I, I wanted to bring that like right out of the gate because yeah. like, I, love other, how, I love how you put it in the part, group chat is the Hunger Games contract. Yeah, that's, that's hilarious. Well, and the, right, because the, the other odd part about it is, you know, with like Harbaugh and Frost, it was just basically their amended contracts were, we're going to give you a pay cut, but we're going to include these incentives. So if you do perform, you'll make what you were making before. But if you don't, Right. And and that was really centered around reducing their buyout if they mm. wanted to fire. This one is just like 25 points a game or else you're just your contract expires and you go away. Right. Because their setup at Iowa is everyone is basically on two year rolling contracts. And that was the big part of the amendment for his contract was that that goes away. There's no more guarantees after this year, like put up or kick rocks. Mm. Yeah, you, well, think he'll, you think he'll do it? Uh, no, I don't think they'll make 25 points a game personally. Um, I just, I mean, based on what I've seen, mm-hmm. I, unless they come out trying to run a different offense, I don't see it. I don't know. It's it's kind of like the same thing we've expected or like Timmy predicted before the season with Clemson. You know, it's like, it's the definition of insanity. Like you're, which is not technically the definition of insanity, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. I, I don't see it. So until I see something different from their offense, you know, no, I'm not going to yeah. buy it. Okay. I, I well, I haven't it. seen anything that specifies 300 or two, uh, 25 offensive points per game. Just Iowa has <laughs> to average 25. So, you know, yeah. the, the defense and special teams accounted for over 20% of their touchdowns this year. God, it's pathetic. I think it was uh, six out of 25. Oh, geez. So, you know, if it's offense only, I really don't like his chances. But if it's just straight up, end of the season, you need 300 points to keep your job however they come, whether it's punt return, whether it's a pick six, whatever, I, I could see they have a chance. But if I had to bet, I think I would bet no and that he is fired in June of 2024. Mm. Not fired, just like the dude in office space. Like They just stopped yeah. paying him. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you should fire him. Like They I mean, should. I mean, they should have, but I mean, it's everyone knew it wasn't like, going to happen. It, it's almost like... I mean, it's his kid. I get that. But like when my son doesn't clean his room, he gets in fucking trouble. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> like it's it, it comes to a point where it's like, all right, man, like you, you're you losing your shit. You're losing your iPhone. You're losing your Xbox. Like, no, you don't get to keep this shit no more because you won't do your job. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I don't know. I just whatever. I'm tired of talking about Iowa. I just thought that was one of the stranger things that I've seen it's in a season season and, it'd and be, would be fun. Not, not fun. It'll be interesting to watch as, as it goes through the season kind of, cause everyone yeah. knows game by game, like, you know, what are they on pace for? Right. Mm-hmm. He's got this, this dude's got it hanging over his head for the entire season. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun to watch. That's for sure. The other piece is sort of breaking news. Uh, you know, we can touch on it briefly. I kind of wanted to get your thoughts here because I certainly have mine, but and I'll be quick. But uh, Alabama filled its coordinator positions. They, uh, mm-hmm. you know, plucked Tommy Reese from Notre Dame. 
and they brought back Kevin Steele uh, to coach the defense. So initial reactions for you? I mean, are you just, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like this is anything that's going to blow a lot of wind up anybody's skirt, I guess. No, I don't either. I guess uh, I thought, so the Tommy Reese, uh, I was, I guess I was surprised because he doesn't, uh, at Notre Dame, he did not run the type of offense that we've grown accustomed to seeing Alabama run. I don't think they're going to stray away from what they do. I think they're going to make him adjust to what they have done. They're not going to go back to the 2012 three yards in the cloud of dust type offense. But I also don't think he'll be quite as pass happy as Bill O'Brien was. So the one that I really, I don't want to say question, but I underwhelmed might be the right word, was Kevin Steele. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about guys like Pruitt and Muschamp, and it's not that Kevin Steele's a bad coach. I mean, he's got a wealth of experience. He's been all over. He's been at Florida State, Nebraska, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Tennessee, Miami. I think he was in the NFL for a while. Um, yeah, I mean, the the dude's coached under Bobby Bowden. He's coached yeah, under he, Saban. I mean, he's, he's got he's been forty years of defensive yeah. football. I mean, experience. he's a he's a, a been there, done that kind of guy. But yeah, as far as wow factor, which is I understand is not a good way to judge a coordinator hire. He just seems like kind of just a guy. So I don't know how much of a difference I would expect, but um, we'll see. I don't think they'll be bad, certainly. But, you know, is is Golding to steal like some huge upgrade that we're going to see like immediate drastic change on the defensive side of the ball for Alabama? I don't know. Yeah, for me, I mean, this is one of those things where I'm not really overwhelmed or underwhelmed by the hire. I think they were both solid. Offensively speaking, I am excited to see it because, I mean, Tommy Reese, I'm sort of an old school dude, and I like the three yards and cloud of dust kind of thing. But I agree with you that it won't go back to that, I don't think. But I think it might be a a happier medium, you know, maybe a little bit more of that. I would expect more balance. Yeah, he was a 60% run guy at Notre Dame, mm-hmm. you know. So, and now granted, some of that could be pointed to the fact that they had a backup quarterback, you know, for the season or half of the season anyway. Yeah, good So, chunk. so uh, you know, there, I, I would agree with you, there will be more balance. And so, I mean, with the amount of talent that is there, I mean, I'm sure Tommy Reese is licking his chops, you know, compared to the normal talent level of skill positions that he's used to dealing with. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I'll never doubt Nick Saban in terms of hiring an offensive coordinator because his track, you know, you look at now the one difference is, you know, he's not a a reclamation project like all these other guys, right? He's he's kind of more of an up and comer. He doesn't, he hasn't spectacularly failed on some big stage like Kiffin or O'Brien or Sark. Sark. But, you know, when's the last time Nick Saban hired an offensive coordinator who didn't do well, right? Like all those guys, right? Dable, Loxley, they're all head coaches. So, yeah, it's pretty wild. And I mean, that, I guess if you're Tommy Reese, this is, you're looking like a springboard job. You know, if he goes down and they light up the school board, mm-hmm. you know, he could be looking at a big time head job here in, you know, two to three seasons. So good for him. I think it's a, you know, good marriage for both sides. Defensively speaking, you know, scheme, scheme wise, like schematically, I don't think there'll be a big difference. Like you say, it's nothing that'll jump off the page with you. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of those things. that's more like a mentality type of thing, you know, like Kevin Steele's like an old school, hard nosed type of dude, but he's a super likable guy. You know, I just, I, I think he understands probably better than Golding what it takes to create elite level defenses in the sec. 
And Probably because he's been at just about every SEC West school, feels like. Well, this is his fourth team in the SEC, his third stint at Bama. So yeah. this is one of those things, man. I mean, he, he's worked with Saban before. He knows what the expectations isn't, are. Isn't he the guy that a, a lot of the Auburn, like the big Auburn boosters wanted to replace Malzahn? Uh, yeah, there was. Like the a, lumber guy, right? He was a big Kevin Steele guy. Well, he was, but he wanted uh, he wanted the UAB head coach. Oh, that's uh, right. Bill Clark. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Clark. He wanted Bill Clark. Uh, but there were some people at Auburn that were in Kevin Steele's corner, you know, most of them kind of the older uh, bunch, you know, not mm-hmm. again, not a real flashy hire. So a lot of the young people don't really get in his corner, but I mean, the right. dude had a successful tenure as Auburn's DC from 16 to 20. And People are like, oh, well, he ended up getting shit canned. Well, not really. Malzahn got shit canned. Right. And I thought, honestly, know. he was the interim for the Re- remainder of that season. He was. And then they brought in Brian Harson, And it's right. like, well, the hell, would you want to stay for Brian Harson? I wouldn't, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah, know? Fair. So I don't know, man. I, so I think we, it's a decent hire. Yeah. Do you think he hired him because there was questions around Pruitt, or do you think he was just the better guy? I think it has to be that. No, I think uh, based on what we've seen, like you said, reclamation project type guys. Yeah. I think, you know, they, I mean, we know they interviewed Pruitt and mm-hmm. he was considered the favorite. So right. you, I, I got to believe that there's probably just too many questions or bullshit surrounding that because it's not like Pruitt has a job elsewhere. You know, he's like coaching high school ball. So yeah. Probably voluntarily. I, Cause yeah. Got, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't, I, know, I don't see weird. that. I think there's just, Got to be too many questions surrounding that whole investigation. Yeah, right. like, or, like if we hire this guy, we have to let him go on a show cause in six months. Right. And so, okay. And then the last little, you know, touch of news, uh, no major changes here really, but the signing day has happened mm-hmm. since we last, you know, met and talked. And uh, like you said, not, nothing crazy. Alabama, Georgia, one, two, surprise, surprise. And then uh, I guess a little surprising, Texas and Oklahoma finished yep. three and four. I was, uh, you know, a little bit surprised that they were able to hold on and jump up that high. It's, I think they're, <laughs> I think they're probably out there selling that they're about to be SEC teams, maybe. But that's uh, part of it. But I mean, they always do well. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I mean, Oklahoma. They, poof, man, after that so, season, they need, or after that season, they just had, they yeah, get, they're going to need some serious help. Yeah, but part of that, I think Miami dropped as well because they had a couple of guys decommit. I'm trying to think of who else was up there originally. Wasn't USC pretty high after uh, the U- early signing period? Well, Florida dropped a little bit. Yeah, USC was up there. Uh, Notre Dame dropped a couple, two, three spots. Tennessee finished in the top 10. So, yeah, the, the rounding out the top 10, you had Ohio State at five. No surprise there. Mm-hmm. LSU at six. Very impressive for Brian Kelly in his first season, getting a couple of big-time offensive tackles to head his class. Miami finishes at seven behind John Ruiz's billions of dollars. And Oregon, Tennessee, and Notre Dame round out the top ten. Clemson, I believe, I, I could be wrong here, but is that their first non-top ten finish in the last few seasons? I think it is. I would think so. I could be wrong, but maybe falling off a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. And then USC, Penn State, Florida, A&M. Yeah, A&M, it's amazing what happens when you don't drop $35 million on your recruiting class. It's weird. Craziness. Yeah, Who and half of them aren't even here or around anymore. They, yeah. Under the radar, impressive. Matt Rule? Yep. Finishing at 24 with yep. 28 commits, four mm-hmm. four-stars, hits in the transfer portal. He's been busy. <laughs> yeah. 
under the radar impressive i mean they are the let's see behind let's see here okay behind ohio state penn state michigan michigan state so they are the fifth ranked mm-hmm. big 10 team and you could argue i mean they you know 28 commits to 16 for michigan state so i don't know that's uh yeah pretty when interesting. We- when we do the uh, the fall from grace updates, we'll have more on Matt Rule and his efforts to to remake the Huskers. But what's interesting for him, uh, not to get too far down this track, but what's interesting to me is not just how many guys or how how highly they're rated. It's the type of players he's going after. He looks like he's doing what he did at Baylor, which is assemble a track team that plays football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so could could be interesting to watch, and it'll be something Husker fans might not be used to. Well, for the love of God, I hope it's better than what we saw last year. Yeah. That, uh, you know, Georgia Southern went up there and just ran it down their throat. Yeah, all over. Chucked it all over the place. Oh, God, man. Bad. And then the only other one that I wanted to know, because I just thought it was, uh, well, it's two teams right back to back, 16 and 17. South Carolina at 16. Beamer ball, man. Mm -hmm. Extremely impressive. Getting Spencer Rattler in the transfer portal last year. Cleaning up this year in the recruiting with a top, you know, you could argue top 15 class. I don't know, man. I think, uh, I think they're heading, you know, in the right direction, like in by all accounts. Yeah. My enthusiasm for their high school recruiting class is tempered a little bit by the fact they, they had some, what I think are kind of noteworthy or significant losses via the transfer portal. So they did, they did lose oh, yeah. some guy. It's just not yeah, all. Flor- yeah. Florida State poached them a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. But yeah. On balance, per- progressing still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last one, Auburn, 17. After that debacle of a season they just mm-hmm. had, and that just maybe the worst coaching hire in the history of their school. I don't know. Could Of their one, school? Yeah, I'd imagine. One could argue for sure, and they finished with the number 70 class. I thought that was pretty impressive. So uh, Impressive, yeah. but not all that surprising either. <sighs> yeah. Like like Mal- uh not Malzahn, uh, Freeze. Mm-hmm. He, he was not in charge for very long before you start seeing this guy commits, this guy commits, and you're kind of wondering what the hell was Brian Harson doing the last two years? Not recruiting, but you know, that. <laughs> yeah, I, I would venture a guess that Auburn is not going to be as low as 17 for the foreseeable future. Like his Hugh Freeze coming back in and his his initial reentry into the SEC. 17 is pretty good. He'll only go higher, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was in Baumhauer's Victory Grill one night when I was still working in Auburn, and he was in there. He was in there pumping them up, all them people cheering and hollering and yelling and a bunch of drunks, you know. But regardless, seems like a lot of buzz around that program for him. So I would venture to say that, like, year two, he'll be winning and winning a lot. Yeah, if I had to put money on, does Auburn have a top 10 recruiting class next year, right, 2024 class, I would out. Absolutely, bet yes. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. Maybe not in year two, but I feel like in this day and age, you don't really have to have a top ten recruiting class right out of the gate to win a lot of ball games. You just got to have good transfer portal rankings and hit a couple of home runs there, and you can do like a Michigan State where you end up winning fucking eleven games with Kenneth Walker, who transferred yeah. in. But know? then you also end up like Michigan State where. The, yeah, the he leaves year. and you go five and seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you do have to follow it up and keep hitting home runs. But I, I, I was really impressed by that. The fact that after that shit, sto- shit storm, they were able to keep it together with a top 25 class. So good for them. All right. So before we, before we tell our, 
our listeners about our corporate sponsor here. We haven't talked about we haven't talked about this since doing what is my still my favorite episode that we've mm-hmm. ever done. And that was the game day each that, draft. That was a banger. That <laughs> was. And if you're a listener and you have not listened to the game day each draft, just scroll back in the feed. Yeah, it was about go, this time last year, wasn't it? it was yeah. February, March. Yep, that's right. Just scroll back in the feed and go find game day each draft and check it out. It was, in my is, opinion, our best show ever. Yes, it, it's uh, it's it's elite. It's in our top three. Uh, oh yeah, it's on the Mount. Three. Yeah, it's on the Mount Rushmore of our episodes for sure. But so before I get into uh, our corporate sponsor and telling our listeners about that and uh, us breaking down the Super Bowl a little bit here. What's on the game day eats menu for the Super Bowl? In in my house, it's oh, yeah. a little bit tempered this year because my daughter has a volleyball tournament in Jacksonville in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting I'll get home sometime around four from that. Now it's four four thirty somewhere in there. The game, I believe, at least the telecast starts at six thirty. The game probably kicks off at seven, so there's not yeah. a ton of prep time like I would normally have. So I think I'm going a little scaled back. Uh, I'm planning on making a pizza. Oh, homemade new, pizza uh, action! I'm going to fire up the grill and throw on my my one package in the freezer of Kaneka. Oh man, is it the hickory smoke kind it's, or the? It's the, the hickory. Cajun? I can't get the Cajun, but I've, oh, I do man. get the hickory, which is excellent. Um, mm. And next time I'm down that way, I'll have to like put some in a cooler and bring it by. Maybe the, I cannot. I just, Cajun kind. I mean, I don't always look when I'm somewhere not in you know my hometown here. You know, and I don't travel all that often. But I think I, it's mostly dependent on grocery stores, honestly, because I mean yeah. it is a Georgia thing because it's the official like. Uh, Kaneka is the official smoke sausage of the Atlanta Braves. You right. hear it all the time on their on their uh, broadcast. So right, and so like the the Walmart here in town where I get it has the hickory and they have the original. They just mm-hmm. never have the Cajun. So yeah, I can only find it at like uh, at Foodland here mm-hmm. or maybe Publix. Maybe. Yeah, so. I've checked Publix. I've checked Winn Dixie. I've checked Piggly Wiggly. People who don't live in the South are probably like, what in the hell is he talking about? <laughs> He's making hey up names. He's just inventing hey. shit right now. Hey, man, if those people, I feel sorry for them if they yeah. don't know about Koneka sausage because it's fucking amazing. All right. Yeah. So you so got some Koneka pizza, and a homemade a pizza. And then, uh, then I'm going to fry. I think I have a either a four or a five pound bag of chicken wings in the freezer. Oh, My, damn, son. So we'll fry up some chicken wings uh, with my homemade sauce that we'll discuss here in a couple minutes. Mm, I am anxious to hear that. So yeah, uh, pizza wings, Kaneka, pretty oh, standard. Man. I got the a six from the fridge already chilling. Oh, nice. The old heart attack all in one. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I normally eat well, but on the Super Bowl, I'm going to spoil myself. So it'll mm. be salad for like four days after. Well, see, I debated on going like basic Betty and just like grilling some steaks, you know, or mm-hmm. doing some burgers or whatever. But dude, I think I am going to try my fucking luck with some wings. I've also been debating on how to do them. Like I could fry them and then like get them crispy, you know, and then mm-hmm. throw them into the crock pot and let them like simmer in the good sauce and shit. Maybe if you give me a good sauce recipe, don't know, but 
think I'm going to try my luck with some wings, man. But, you know, much to Timmy's chagrin, it's going to be all drums. I'm just saying. Oh, this again. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Wings, flats. My answer is yes. Uh, that's, that's my answer to the wings or flats question. Get or those drums flats. Flat, Get those flats the fuck out of here. Give me the drums. Oh, my goodness. Too passionate. <laughs> all right. Well. I want to hear the sauce recipe. Then, God, for all you listeners, get your fucking pen out. Yeah. The good news is you're listening on something probably that can pause and record. So this should be easy. But uh, yes. this is a wing sauce that I make. Uh, I got the recipe from a friend of mine years and years ago. Everyone who has ever tried it has asked me for the recipe. And I, I'll be honest, I haven't always given it out. But mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it out to all our listeners here. So, Holy shit. You bunch of lucky bastards. So you, you start by taking approximately three ounces of ginger and three ounces of garlic. So that's basically mm. just a full head of garlic, skin it, uh, chop it up, peel the ginger root. Ginger is tough. If you've never cut ginger, it's, it's very, uh, like fibrous and dense. Mm-hmm. So it's easiest just to peel it and throw it in a small food processor. Uh, you can, you can mince it as fine or as coarse as you like. I prefer finer. I don't want like huge chunks in my sauce. And it seems to spread the flavor out a little better if it's more finely ground. But nice. Three ounces of ginger and three ounces of garlic minced. Then you're going to saute that um, on medium to high heat with either sesame or peanut oil, about a tablespoon. I prefer sesame oil, but either will work. Just stay away from olive and vegetable. Once you get that browned and it starts to release some of those fragrances, you're going to add a full stick of butter. Uh, pro tip. Cut it up into five or six smaller pieces. So otherwise you get butter that starts to brown before the middle has fully melted. Oh, yeah. So it melts a little more evenly. Uh, but a full stick's worth of butter. We'll put it that way. Man. Um, I'm once, listening to this. <laughs> once that starts to melt, uh, you're going to add four tablespoons of honey. I never measure that. I just throw some honey on there and I let the honey tell me when it's done. Hmm. But approximately four tablespoons of honey a tablespoon of soy sauce and a tablespoon of mirin, which is uh, kind of like a, a rice vinegar. You can actually skip that if you don't know what I'm talking about and you can't find it, but mirin, okay. M-I-R-I-N, and then three quarter cup of brown sugar. And you're going to break that up and kind of mix it in with the butter and the garlic and the honey and the soy sauce. And once you kind of get that incorporated, you're going to end up with something that looks like kind of like dark brown applesauce type of texture. Mm-hmm. And you're going to add one big bottle of franks they can be either or whatever or whatever hot sauce you might prefer if you were a hot yeah. sauce connoisseur yeah just not like tabasco yeah yeah so you can use frank's original or frank's actually makes a buffalo wing sauce that mm-hmm. is is decent by itself uh they come in two sizes those bottles uh 23 ounce and 12 ounce so you're going to either use one big one or two small ones and you're going to pour those in, stir it up, mix it, and then let it simmer, and it'll reduce. I go about an hour, and at the hour mark, then I start heating up the fryer. Hmm. Okay. So once and you uh, air, do you air you air fry them? Correct. I deep fry them because we have an air fryer, and they're very good air fried, but they take mm-hmm. a while, and you can only do like nine a handful at, at a nine time. at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you got a big like deep fryer with some oil yeah. in it, and you drop them in there. Okay. Yeah, it's, I mean it's not huge, but I can get you know twelve at a time, and it, it goes much quicker than the air fryer. Okay. But yeah, simmer to reduce, and then keep it warm. Once they come out of the fryer, toss them with the sauce in a bowl, and you can either just plate them up and eat them like that. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you can take a tray with like with like a grate on it, so they're raised up, yeah. and put them in the oven for a little bit, and the sauce can 
kind of caramelize a little, but it really doesn't make enough of a difference for me to wait to dig mm-hmm. in. <laughs> Just give it to me now. Right. Like I want to, my goal a lot of times is to be full by the time the last wing is cooked. Right. Cause like with a five pound bag, <laughs> you're, you're talking like about a pound at a time. Like you're doing like five full batches. So it's like from the time you put the first wing in to take the last wing out, it's like 40 minutes. And I want to be eating for 32 of those minutes. That's so, awesome. I love uh, that. But that is, that is my sauce. <laughs> I love that so much. That's amazing. So I'm, I'm giving it to the world. I've held it hostage for like th- almost 15 years now. Like Man. very, very tight reins. All right. Well, I'm going to have the wife make it because she's got all that shit in her fucking, in her kitchen. I'm sure. Uh, so I may have her listen to this and just uh, make it up and try my luck at some hot wings, man. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Now that doesn't actually make quite a bit of sauce. If anyone wants to half that, cause you're doing like, you're making like 30 wings, like you're making like a three pound bag or whatever mm-hmm. you can half it and it should be plenty. Ah, okay. All right. Well, okay. So now that we've got our game day eats slated and we've got the secret sauce out there, I want to know what kind of secret sauce you think either Philly or Kansas city is going to need. So before Ooh. we figure that out, we're going to tell our corporate, sp- our, listeners about our corporate sponsor really quick you know because the biggest sunday in sports is coming up and also game day eats and uh, DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of super bowl 57 has all the super bowl action you will need and new customers can bet five dollars and get two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly plus all customers can get in on the super bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings happy hour super boosts Check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern to see what prop bet will be boosted. All right, Eric, it's time. Super Bowl 57. Who you like, man? I I, I got to stick with Philadelphia, dude. I, I don't like betting against Mahomes, but I just I think Philly's going to win it all, man. I don't like the idea of betting against Kansas City either, but uh, I'm kind of with you. I just I think the Eagles are just a, a really complete team. Uh, I was on the, the 49er train, you know, and I get that they didn't have a quarterback, but um, I haven't watched Philadelphia a lot other than when they dismantled my Vikings in week, uh, must have been two or three uh, until parts of that game. And they're, they might be good enough defensively to not just slow Kansas City down, but make them work. So I think, uh, you know, they're favored by one and a half for a reason. I think they win, and I think they cover. Yeah, you got to wonder how Patrick Mahomes' is, uh, ankle is going to hold up. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it held up pretty well last week, but you could tell he was definitely, you know, favoring it quite a bit. And if Philadelphia gets to him a time or two, you know, tackles him, there may be some shit going on there where, hey, I'm going to grab his ankle. You know what I'm saying? Like, it would not shock right. me to see him get hurt again given that he was favoring it so much but I, I think it's it's one of those things where it's a lot more simple than we make it out to be I feel like if Philly can run the ball they will win like if they can control the clock and keep Mahomes off the field they should win I think it's that simple man can Philadelphia run the ball but you know Kansas City does have the freakish defensive lineman to maybe slow down their run a little bit and you know Mahomes if he's you give him time he's gonna pick you apart so Mm -hmm. I don't know man I would just lay the points with Philly fair enough what do you think about the total I think uh, DraftKings has it at 50 and a half right now 50 and a half over give me the over (laughs) yeah which is weird because it's it really hasn't moved Um, yeah 
I don't think they have a clue. I honestly don't. I think it's largely, again, depending on Mahomes' ankle. It's mm-hmm. like if he was fully healthy, I feel like that total would be 56 and a half. You know what I mean? Right. Am I crazy? Probably or, not because I think that there's a that might be favored even if there wasn't a question surrounding his health. But Right. So, so we're I both on Philly minus one and a half over 50.5. Yeah, that that's what I would lay personally. I, I'm, you know, I may drop a bet on that. I haven't decided yet, but uh, we'll see what happens. But if you guys want to join in with us and bet on them, first thing you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code TPPN. New customers can bet five dollars on Super Bowl Fifty Seven and get two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. So check out our show notes for those details all right eric oh boy well the thing that we have been waiting all episode to do Mm -hmm. Oh, man. We skipped over the ACC. Well, yep. we didn't technically skip over it. We actually recorded this. No, um, but we're going to. But but <laughs> we recorded an episode. I believe that was last Monday morning. And uh, I think it was the previous Friday. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. So it was a while ago. And we were both sick. Yep. And we both felt like shit. Yep. And we both and sounded like we were sick. Yeah, and it was just not a pleasurable listening experience, in my opinion. So we just went ahead and skipped over that and said, you know, we'll just uh, recap the ACC, at least the teams that we felt like were important enough to talk about. And then we would get into our win total recaps for the SEC, which, sad to say, weren't uh, that impressive. Those weren't fantastic either. No. So uh, the first one being Florida State. Okay, now, uh, full disclosure, I was wrong. I, you know, said this was going to be Norvell's shit or get off the pot year, and he was going to end up getting off the pot. Me and Timmy both took the under. You took the over six and a half, and that was easy money as they won double-digit games. Yes, easier than I thought. I thought they would get to seven, maybe eight. Yeah. But they won nine, and they could have easily won 11. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were, you know, uh, play away. You know, they ended up beating LSU. That You know, we say they won nine. They could have easily won eight as well. True. But, you know, it's uh, still, given everything that happened, I think the Florida State team we saw at the end of the season was a much better team than the Florida yeah. State team we saw uh, that played against LSU. Yeah, but and the reverse so, is true as well. Yes, correct. So, uh, big year for Norvell. Humongous expectations going into next season, I would yep. say. You know, maybe not by us. You know, we expect them to be good, but I don't know that we expect them to be a playoff team. And I think most of the pundits are dropping them in the top five right out of the gate. Am I crazy to think that's probably what's going to happen? Uh, they're they're kind of on the fringe of the top five for me. I don't. I had them at either five or six on my way too early top ten. Oh, uh, I think they're going to be really good. They were a good team. They bring just about everybody back um hmm. well you're one of the pundits man we'll yep. fit you right in with all the cbs tool bags <laughs> fit me <laughs> in with their paychecks too <laughs> yeah me too while you're at it all right so the next one i wanted to touch on was clemson mm-hmm. 
I felt like that was notable. They had a 10 and a half win total. Not only did they, uh, they did not eclipse their 10 and a half win total mark. They finished with 10 wins, uh, you know, unexpected loss to South Carolina there kind of, and then they lose their bowl game to Tennessee shit happens. But, uh, Timmy was the only one who took the under man. He was not buying it. And, uh, we both kind of assumed that things would be different at the quarterback position and they were not. So, yeah, I think we both figured that either DJ young would play better yeah. or he would be replaced. And neither one of those really happened. Yeah. Not until late until after, I mean, ACC championship game, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to wonder what would have been, what might've been had Klubnik been in there the whole year. Pretty mind blowing. Even if they'd have just pulled the trigger like in week six, I think they're in the playoff because I think they beat South Carolina and they finish 11 or well, 12 and one after they win the ACC. And I think they're in the playoff. Yeah, I would uh, tend to agree with you because I mean, they managed to beat Florida State anyway. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things, man. If I'm a Clemson fan, you know, I know everybody's like, oh, Dabo's falling off, you know, this, that, and the other. He finished outside the top 10 recruiting, this, that, and the other. Okay, well, they had shit quarterback play and they still won 10 games. Now Klubnik's in there. If I'm a Clemson fan, I'm pretty optimistic coming into the year. Yeah. So, especially given that the rest of the conference is a dumpster fire minus Florida State. And right. Conference. The rest of the conference is is not super intimidating. <laughs> yeah. No. No, it's the opposite of intimidating. But uh, speaking of intimidating, when I saw Duke's three and a half win total, and I mm-hmm. saw that you and Timmy both yep. took the over. Yes. I was not convinced. I took the not. under. <laughs> <laughs> not only did they win four games, they doubled that and won eight games. Yep. Holy shit. Like I could not have been more wrong about Duke. And so yeah, we felt it they, appropriate I mean, they not, to mention them here. Yeah. They were not an elite team by any stretch, but we did want to throw them in there and give them a little bit of a shout out for, you know, three and a half win total. And they, I think week five, they hit that maybe even week four. I don't remember when they lost their first game, but to come out, win a game, you know, go eight and four and then win your bowl game year one. Uh, fantastic job, Mike Elko. Indeed, sir. And then last, uh, you know, quote, I'm using air quotations here, uh, Notre Dame, since, mm-hmm. you know, we lump, they play in the ACC and every other fucking sport except yeah. football. Well, they and they play ACC teams in football like five times a year. Right. So we're going to lump they, them like in. They with almost the ACC. play a conference schedule anyway. Pretty much. And so we lumped them in with the ACC and uh, me and Timmy both took the under on uh, nine and a half wins. You took the over. And I think the quarterback position kind of did you in there and also a couple of early season because I'll say this, I took the under on them, but it's not because I expected them to lose to Marshall and Stanford. Right. Yeah, I got nothing. Um, I thought they'd beat Marshall. I thought they'd beat Stanford. I thought. And I mean, they if they had beat those two teams, which they absolutely should have fucking beaten, they would have won 10 games. Right. So. I, mean, I figured they would lose to Ohio State, and I thought they would lose to Clemson. I thought they would be favored in their other 10 games and that they should win those. Um, yeah. Mind, pretty mind-blowing that they blow the doors off of Clemson. Yeah. And almost beat Ohio state and then turn around and lose to Marshall and Stanford. It's one of those more perplexing seasons that doesn't really make sense. I want to say they lost those games back to back even to just really rub it in their face. But, um, (laughs) but they, they rebounded nicely. They finished the year strong. They did Uh, should be impressive. And uh, given what they've got coming back and now since they've got uh, the man, Sam Hartman at QB, I know we've talked about it. That damn guy. He's pumped up, man. That damn yeah, guy is he great. should be. He should be. I think they're going to be really good. 
Yeah, I would tend to agree. So that is pretty much all that we really wanted to talk about for the ACC because the rest of those teams just yeah, we're suck. we're not going to go over team by team, but we will give you that you were five and ten. Mm. Uh, I went really seven well. and eight. And that's that's as good as it got for us in the ACC. Timmy, uh, who surprisingly, because he knows the ACC better than either of us, he follows that's it a lot true. more closely. Uh, he had a rough go. He went four and eleven. So the ACC did not treat us very well as a whole. We just got our ass totally kicked. That's so funny too. That guy he loathes like half of the teams in the Big Ten, and he went twelve and two. Yeah, <laughs> and goes a four and eleven in the ACC. Yikes! Good lord. Oh geez, not great. Let's get to the real meat of this because uh, we're going to run through these relatively quickly because let's see how we're doing on time here. Okay. All right. We're doing okay on time. Yeah, We're, we're okay-ish. Yeah. So we're, we should be good here. We can run through this for 10 or 12 minutes here. All right. First, uh, let's start at the top here. Alabama, mm-hmm. 10 and a half. We all took the over because Alabama and over 10 and a half you know, yep. goes together like peas and carrots. And, you know, a couple of, they were two plays away from being 12 and 0. Basically, a two-point conversion, you know, for LSU converting there and winning the game, and Tennessee's game-winning field goal. So, two plays away from 12-0. and A lot of people still say they got screwed against Tennessee. I do. They're also two plays away from 8-4. and Correct, yeah. There's, you know, Texas A&M there. Texas. Uh, Yeah, Texas. uh, Quinn Ewers going down. A&M getting all the way down to the goal line and almost scoring to win, you know, kind of thing. So, Alabama fans, even with the – Tennessee debacle, which I'm, you know, I'm one of them people that think we got screwed there, that the refs cost Alabama a victory there. Still should feel fortunate the fact that they won double digit games and yeah. uh, managed to win the uh, Sugar Bowl against Kansas State. Right, yeah. You, you go 10 and 2 and you win a New Year's Six Bowl by like four touchdowns. Um, yeah. If that is a down year for you, uh, congratulations, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention they just signed the number one class with no coordinators at the time. Yeah. So, I mean, what can you do? You can't complain if you're an Alabama fan. And if you are complaining, then, you know, sorry to say, but you're an idiot. Um, So we all took the over. We all missed. So moving on. Arkansas, you guys were on the over here. And I I, got to be honest, like, I think it was, I I was the only one that took the under and that hit for me. I think it was mostly schedule driven. And the fact that I didn't really buy their defense. I did buy their defense and their defense was not good. Well, uh, they, they had a lot of injuries in the back end, and they weren't. That's what I was going to say. You shouldn't feel too terrible about it because they got decimated by injuries yeah. in the secondary. But still, were they six and six? I don't. Uh, yes, yeah, they did yeah. finish six and six, and they beat Kansas in the bowl game. Yeah, yeah. so they still kind of fell, you know, game and a half short of their total. I, I got to feel like it's kind of a disappointing, you know, C plus type of year for them. You know, even allowing them a little bit of wiggle room for for the secondary injuries. Well, and KJ Jefferson was banged up a lot too. Yeah, and he missed know. some games. Um, yeah, yeah, missed some time. He was banged up a lot. When he's not healthy, you know, they can't really do what they like to do, which right. is you know pound the rock with Rocket Sanders and those guys, and use him as kind of a safety valve running the ball, mm-hmm. and you know occasionally hit one over the top, but couldn't really do what they wanted to do, and then combine with their injuries just to. Like yeah. it went under the seven and a half total, but it's not like I feel great about it. Like it's one of those bets that I made that I'm just like, yeah. oh yeah, I fucking knew, you know. And and when I watched them this year, I feel like they missed Traylon Burks more than I expected they would. They didn't really fill that spot as ably as I had hoped. Well, that guy, I mean, I think he's 
uber talented, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know he had a sort of a rough entry to the NFL, uh, mostly I think injury related, but, uh, you know, also some quarterback woes there for the Titans. So, you know, I, but I would agree with you that, uh, losing that guy was pretty detrimental to their, yeah, that that was a bigger impact. I think than I gave it credit for. Yeah. I would agree with that. I, you know, I took the under, but I didn't really, you know, I didn't really take that into account either, I guess, you know, had I've done that, I probably would have taken the under even more so than right, I did. even more, more confident about it. Right. So, uh, let's move on here. Ole Miss also had a seven and a half win total and they, uh, if anybody forgot about this, they started fucking seven and oh, yep. And then they go on and lose four of their last five games. Yep. Yikes. Talk about a fucking collapse at the end of the year. Blech. Gross. Well, that and that's we schedule driven. I mean, we all took the under seven yeah. and a half, but we all missed. Right. And we felt better about that as the year went on. Went yeah. on. Their schedule was really um, unbalanced. It was very, very backloaded. They didn't play a soul the first month and a half. No, um, no. I mean, that, what, that's what we... <laughs> You know, we all took the under based on we expected them to lose five straight at the end of the year. Yeah. But I also, you know, I, I, I just, I didn't feel great about them going seven and oh either, you know, but when they got to that point, I was like, well, shit, our under seven and a half is probably burning if they can even steal one game. Yeah. You know? So, all right. So let's move on to the easiest pick of the season. That was, uh, huh, well, should have been the easiest pick of the season. And that was, we should have taken under eight and a half for texas a&m but we all like idiots took the over and we all missed deservingly yes um i have no excuse i cannot believe like this is one of those like i got something for this next week in our betting lessons learned (laughs) like lesson learned man don't fucking bet on jimbo fisher like don't do it he will screw you one way or another like he's in the gundy category for me now like yeah i don't I'm telling you, man, like they burned me like two or three times this year. So I, I'm done with them. It's just, man, like they, mm, that's a sore spot for me, A&M this year. I, I'm done. Yeah. I just don't know how they were so bad. Oh, I do. Piss poor. I mean, I, I know Piss why they coaching. were so bad. I just don't know how they, I don't know. It's, I really thought they would get to nine wins, but Jesus, they didn't come close. Yeah. Next no. F. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're supposed to be assigning grades to these teams and I suppose we could do that really quick. Yeah, uh, give, Alabama- give me a give me a C plus on Arkansas and Old Miss. Give me an F on AM. Yeah, and for Alabama I'm gonna go a solid B minus given that you were expected to be a playoff team and you missed the playoffs, but you did win the New Year's six bowl, so I'm gonna give you a B minus there. Yeah, I'd go, I'd go BB plus because their losses weren't terrible. No, it's no. It's not like they got I mean, blown out at home by a conference rival or something. That, but right, but the, on the a week-to-week basis, they were a little too wishy-washy for me, which is really, in, in the end, what kept them out. Yeah, and the deciding factor for me, giving them a B minus here, was the fact that, one, they gave up 50 points to Tennessee. That's not good. And two, uh, like you said, they were a couple of plays away from being eight and four. So given that it did finish in their favor somewhat, and I feel like at the end of the season, they were one of the best four teams and they didn't get a chance to, you know, show what they could do in the playoffs. And they did finish the season ranked number two. So B minus, but you know, looking next year should be okay. Arkansas, Ole Miss. Yeah. C plus A&M epic F. So speaking of uh, passing grades, Brian Mm -hmm. Kelly, Yes. You guys were not fans. You were not buying the Brian Kelly 
first year experience. Correct. I took the over, man. I felt like seven wins was just too achievable for an LSU team that, you know, I felt like similar to TCU had just kind of quit on their coach, you know, the year before. Yeah. So, and that's, you talked about uh, doing betting lessons learned next week, and this is mm -hmm. slowly becoming one of mine because this is like the fourth or fifth time in these episodes that I'm going to explain, you know, when in doubt, I will always take the under on a new coach, new quarterback or mm -hmm. new coach, undecided quarterback situation. Cause, and every other time it feels like I've said it this winter, it, you know, Washington missed, uh, Oregon, you know, on and on and on. So what, what has been kind of a linchpin for me in the past, and I don't know why it just really seems to not be go going my way this year. Well, I think you could look at this year as sort of an anomaly. I mean, it did work for you, like in the Oklahoma situation, you know, so that kind of thing, it, it, it has worked for you in the past and it yeah. worked for you on some level this year, but some, but it, it, it was, it felt a lot more foolproof before than it. Yeah. Did before the transfer portal era. I think, that's, I think opinion. the portal is part of it. Um, yes. Yes. But, I, I would agree. Yeah. We'll talk more about that next week, but uh, yeah. LSU, I would definitely there B plus fringe A minus for me. Yeah, I'm gonna the, say B plus, given that uh, it, it they were just so close to beating Florida State, and if they don't miss that extra point, they may end up winning that game. And mm -hmm. at that point, they would have definitely been in A territory for me. So I'm gonna give them a solid B plus on this. Yeah, yeah, this is a really good first year. They got some some really good players and really good players coming in. The SEC West can be interesting the next couple of seasons. Yeah, it will be. Uh, okay. Auburn six and a half win total. You were inexplicably Eric. Uh, no, it's not. In, I'll explain it if you want. Yes. Feel free. Because okay. So when we did this, I said, I on the under, yeah, I said, I'm going to do something that I shouldn't. And I'm going to take the over simply because I want <laughs> Brian Harson to win more than six games, because I thought that how the administration and the boosters handled everything a year ago with, you know, leaking salacious rumors and mm -hmm. all this backdoor nonsense. I just, mm -hmm. you know, if he's not the right guy and you don't want to be your coach anymore, that's fine. Right. Pay him his money that you are contractually obligated to pay him and let him leave. Yeah. Right? But this, you know, this, this Kirk, uh, Brian Ferentz like situation with no, you know, just, uh, so I wanted him to win some games to, to kind of rub their face in it a little bit. I wasn't, mm -hmm. I obviously didn't feel great about it, but, um, that was just one of those, like I said, I, I picked the over because I wanted them to go over, not because I was confident they would. Well, I was hoping I was wrong so Harson would stay there and I could right. guarantee Iron Bowl victory for another four or five seasons in sure. a row. But now, you know, with Hugh Freeze coming in, it's like, well, shit, I hit on my underbed, but damn, now they got Hugh Freeze and he's a yeah. new coach. So I don't know. Me and Timmy, we both had Harson as like number one and two on our hot seat lists. Yep. And uh, that proved to be a good call. So, yeah, he wasn't as high. He was on mine. He wasn't number one or two, but yeah, should have been in give, retrospect. I'm, I'm going to give Auburn. Do I give him an F here? Because yeah, I gonna, just, I didn't no, expect you fire, him to be good. I didn't expect him to be good. Like, I think they get a D minus because they realized the issue and fired Harson. Yeah, like, I they guess got they kind of get back and forth. They got an F before the season for keeping him. Okay, but. You know, they put in some extra credit at the end of the year by shit canning Harson and hiring Hugh Freeze. So I'm going to give him a D minus on the season and say you barely, barely passed. Okay. I'm going to give him an F because if you fire your coach, whether you should have even brought him back that season or not, if you fire your coach midseason, you get an F. 
Um, <laughs> I like and, it. and I mean, they got just run off the field. Oh. And they were just, you know, the Penn State game, the Georgia game. It was just the Iron Bowl. They were just not competitive in a lot of games. They were just a bad team. So, well, that. yeah, I think they pretty much just quit on the coach. You know, I think that was uh, very evident. Uh, once about the Penn State game rolled around and they got kind of manhandled in that game, mm-hmm. I think they just, you know, mailed it in at that point. It's an early time to mail it in, but it is what it is, man. I mean, their schedule didn't get any easier from there. It is what it is. Yeah. Auburn, you get a D minus and an F from us. And uh, me and Timmy hit on those unders. All right. Uh, Mississippi State, I feel like this is going to be a sore spot for you because you took the under on Leach here, our guy. You took the under on him in his final season. Yep, and I said I, I'm not going to probably respect myself in the morning, but someone's <laughs> got to finish last in this division, and they seem like as good a candidate as anyone. Yeah, yeah, very good, very good point. And uh, we took the over mostly, I think, based on schedule. And uh, I was, and I still am, really high on Will Rogers. I yep. like him. I think he's a future NFL guy. You know, I've said that on this podcast. I think he's one of the top QBs in the country very much underrated so that was my deciding factor of taking the over i felt like he would light up the school board you know and Mm -hmm. they had a pretty good season you know they end up winning eight games i hate it you know to see i would have loved to see the direction they would go next year and i still am you know looking forward to seeing that with their new head coach and how they right but for different reasons but yeah but for different reasons you know you kind of hope that those guys that were there and were recruited by Leeds, you know, continue to play well and carry that on. So that will be interesting to see looking forward. Now, the easiest over in the history of overs, uh, Georgia, 10 and a half. Mm-hmm. There was only one team on their schedule that even remotely had a chance to beat them, and they thumped them. So yep. easy over, 10 and a half, no question. You get an A++ for winning the national title and thumping TCU by 60. So Yeah, I, I- a plus. I mean, I'm not a, a plus plus guy, but uh, yeah, I, a plus. I don't like what what should they have done better? I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah. Can't really go better than 15 and 0, man. Yeah. It is what it is. You know, the best team in the nation uh, from day one. We I said yes. it on uh, the preseason. Yeah, SEC spring show. ball. Yeah, I, I said I thought Georgia was the best team in the nation, and they were. So. Yeah. Would have liked to have seen them play Alabama. Not saying Alabama could have beat them. You know, they were incredible. So, uh, but I would have liked to have seen that game. It's kind of a shame as a Bama fan, you didn't get to see it. But it is what it is, you know. Congrats to Georgia. A plus. Uh, Kentucky. This is one we all missed on. Surprisingly, Mm -hmm. man, we all took the over on Kentucky. You know, at eight wins, we expected them to get to nine and three. And they were very disappointing on offense. Yeah, they were very meh. Yeah, and, you know, I I give Timmy credit. He did take the over on him, but I do remember in our preview that Timmy was very, like, skeptical of the offensive line. Yeah. And, man, that proved to be, like, we all should have took the under based on his intel there. Yes, I was close to taking the under because they're they're running back. I knew was going to miss. Yeah, Rodriguez, yeah. Yeah, sometime at the beginning, but I didn't know how much. But then I kind of figured, well, you know, Stoops – seems to have a way of figuring it out and you know i'm sure they have someone else who can run the ball but it, yeah they were just very very mediocre this year I, so i'm gonna give them a mediocre grade i think they get a c minus yeah i'm with you c minus at best you know i almost want to say d plus but i just don't understand like all this nfl love for will levis man i just simply don't get it i mean do you do you have you seen anything on tape that makes you think this dude is like the next fucking big thing in the nfl no i 
I get it. I just don't agree with it. Like I, See, get I don't even why. get it. I don't even get I, it. Like I no. get he's like got the big physical, you know, stature and the big yeah. arm and so all they, that. They like look I at understand the, guy the intangibles. You know, okay, but, you know, this guy's six three to you know thirty or forty ish or whatever. He, I mean, yeah, he well, has, so was so was has Ryan a, fucking Leaf, right? You know, but, you know the. You know, he's he's got a good reputation, you know, kind of as a person. Well, not but. for me. He puts fucking mayonnaise in his coffee. He's I'm out. On he what? He's, have you never seen that? He puts like mayonnaise in his coffee and drinks it. Okay, I'm changing this. Uh, Kentucky, get the D. <laughs> yeah, dude. Are you serious? You know, You're not messing with me. You didn't like me. I'm that not up? messing with you. Let me. Let me. I, I think it's his coffee. Let me verify that because he puts that should puts be a mayonnaise. war crime. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm not making that shit up. He puts mayonnaise in his coffee. He did like a TikTok video or something. I don't have TikTok, but no. he did a like TikTok video that went viral. And he's like, "Yeah, man, a little mayonnaise in the coffee. It's great. Fucking squirts a bunch of mayonnaise and then just drinks the coffee." I, I don't. It's mind blowing. I don't okay. understand it. Fifth round. <laughs> yeah, if I'm an NFL team and I say this right. guy puts he's off mayo my board. in his coffee, yeah. yeah, no, I'm not drafting that guy. Sorry. On a serious note, I've seen nothing on tape that makes me think this dude is a first round draft pick. I just no, I, I think there's a team out there that will will bet on his physical attributes and think that they can teach him, you know, the kind of the uh, the mental processing side of it and some of the decision making. Uh, he, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you told me Denver and Sean Payton took him in like the second round, I'd be like, eh. Okay, I'll listen to that. You yeah, know. no, I think it, he's like developing have to go, behind Russell Wilson. Like I would listen to that argument. He's he's like a lot of quarterbacks where he his level of his success will be determined in large part by where he goes and what he's asked of right away. So there there's teams out there that boy, if, if they draft him, it's going to be bad. Yeah, I agree with that. Like I say, I think it's his best situation would be hey. Hope you get drafted by Denver. You can learn from Danger Russ Wilson for a while. You know something along those lines. But right, moving on in the SEC, I, I just I, like I say, I can't. I, I don't see it. They stunk this year on offense, and I saw nothing from Levis to make me believe that he's the shit. So uh, we'll see. Worst call of the season for me: Tennessee under seven and a half. Biggest miss of the year. You guys both bought the hype, and it paid off for you. So mm-hmm. over seven and a half, easy money there. Yeah, I thought they'd get to eight or nine. Pretty confident about that just because I thought they were going to be really, really good offensively and it didn't matter if they were bad on defense. I thought they could just outscore enough teams to go win eight games. Uh, yeah. But I didn't see 10 and two coming either. Yeah, they just they had some wins that were completely and utterly dominant, like when mm-hmm. they went down to LSU and just destroyed. Right. Oh, God, they just boat race those guys. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I'll be really excited to see them next year. You know, I mean, I'm, of course, being a Bama fan, I'm not a Tennessee guy. I, I can't stand tennessee fans mostly but you know we do have some tennessee fans that are listeners love you guys thanks for listening but i'm a bama fan so you know you guys can suck it also but you know i am excited to watch them because man i don't we've talked about it i don't know that anybody throws a prettier deep ball than joe milton the dude can just sling a deep ball it'll be interesting to see losing jalen hyatt and you know losing uh cedric tillman uh, it'll be i don't know how uh hypo plans to replace those guys but he's making the kind of money where you should be replacing those guys so i i feel like he will find other guys who can catch the ball I yeah think he's, i think, think he's got some depth building up there yeah you would think so uh next one oh man another miss for me another hit for you guys florida you guys mm-hmm. were not buying Billy Napier and all the changes he made, and I was. I thought, eh, you know, maybe. And they opened the season with a win over Utah, and I was feeling great about that over seven. And mm-hmm. then they just completely 
fell off the map and tanked and don't win seven games. I want, I don't understand what I was thinking here. Uh, Anthony Richardson, I, I don't get it. Again. Yeah, I was going to say, we're, we were just talking about Will Levis. Uh, Anthony Richardson, for me, is another case of someone's going to buy in the physical attributes and, and talk themselves out of the fact that, hey, this guy's got like 12 college starts and they're not, they, they, they vary from, is it, am I watching Vince Young to why is this guy on the field? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's pretty wild. Some of the runs and things that you saw that guy make, you know, even late in the year, you're just like, my God, that dude's yeah. insanely athletic oh, you look at, talented. But yeah, you look at some of the plays he made in the Utah game versus watching him against Vanderbilt and you don't think you're watching the same player. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It really, it truly is. It's like the the story of two different players wearing the same jersey. It's it's wild, man. I, yeah. I don't understand it. I think we'll we'll talk more about him as we get to the draft. But Florida, I got to give them a D because they and I get why they struggled right in in year one and they they had some roster issues and some talent depth issues. But I didn't. I, I was just really underwhelmed by their year, even though because what they went. Six and six. Then they they <laughs> yeah. went to the bowl game with half a team and then just got drilled. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, man. I I got to give Napier an F. I, I can't I can't do it. Like I I put a little faith in you. Thought you would get to you know at least a push here on seven wins. But not only did you not do that, you finished with a losing record after getting just destroyed in your bowl game. So mm-hmm. I'm out on Florida, man. I'm just, I'm out on Napier. I've seen nothing this off season that makes me think they're going to be monumentally better next year. And their schedule is a fucking nightmare. So yeah, their schedule's rough. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not buying it. I'm going to give Florida an F and uh, Tennessee. I mentioned earlier, we didn't give them. Oh yeah. I think we got to give them an A, don't we? Yeah, I, I would agree. I think uh, A, not an A minus or an A plus. I'm just going to give them a solid A yeah. on the season. You know, congrats. Uh, almost an A plus. You did beat Alabama, but uh, you had a couple of losses there. So you just get an A from me. Yeah, that South Carolina loss is bad. And I think that keeps them from, well, it yeah. probably keeps them out of the playoff, right? It, it does. I, I think so. Yeah. So it it is what it is, you know, but they yeah. still great year. Good job, Hinton Hooker. You know, the guy arguably should have, you know, could have won the Heisman had he have not gotten hurt. So, you know, it is what it is. But uh, Florida gets an F. Tennessee gets an A. South Carolina. Me and you took the under, man. Just mm-hmm. purely schedule. Here yeah. For their, their schedule, we talked about it at the beginning of the year. We specifically said their schedule looks like it was designed <laughs> to get Shane Beamer fired. Yes. Like and- it, was, it was put together by someone who hates South Carolina. And we all thought, uh, Timmy even said it, I think he was the first one to say it out loud, was you know, we all thought that they would probably be a better football team, but it might not reflect wins and losses. Uh, because of that schedule. But as it turns out, they were a better football team. And as an added bonus, they did win more games. So I got to give them like an A minus. Uh, you get a win total of six and they went, uh, what, eight and four? Yeah. So, beat, beat Tennessee, win at Clemson. Like, what are we? Yeah. You finished the season with two top 10 wins, basically. So to go eight and four and yeah, that, yeah, they did go eight and four and I mean, tough loss in the bowl game there. They, it was back and forth the whole game with Notre Dame. They go, tied at 38 i think uh and i think notre dame scored with like a minute and some some odd seconds to go to take the lead so i still give them an a even with that notre yeah. dame had a good team at the back oh, end sure. of the season so you know great year for beamer good call by timmy uh even though we know he's a huge uh, frank beamer lover so mm-hmm. shane beamer homer yeah i mean however whatever causes you to pick him he picked him right 
Yeah, and this one, man, oh God, I don't even I don't even understand this. Like how this team managed to win more than five and a half games, I still haven't figured out. Missouri, we all took the under five and a half and they got to a bowl game. Yeah. Somehow did. or another. I mean, the team that I watched play Auburn. Yeah. I like Auburn tried every possible way to give away that game. Mm-hmm. And still managed to win. Yeah, it was Missouri one just of the ugliest, wouldn't let them. Yeah, it was one of the ugliest football games I've ever watched in my life. And how that team managed to get to a bowl game, I still don't understand. Yeah, I got nothing. They were every time I saw them, they were bad. Yeah, uh, other than Agree. other than other than the Georgia the game. first half of the Georgia game. <laughs> yeah, that was. I mean, that was it. They played Georgia tough for three and a half quarters. You know, so kudos to Mizzou for that. And I mean, you what C plus you got to a bowl game, you played Georgia tough. Nice job. But simply because of the Auburn game where you had like 19 chances to win and couldn't do it, you get a C from me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm probably like a C plus, maybe B minus if I'm feeling generous. Oh, yeah. And then the next team, the last one, two and a half for Vanderbilt. Yep. Not only did they go over two and a half, they went over by October, baby. So they're getting yeah. an A from me <laughs> yeah start three and three i mean you have to give them an a winning what did they finish five and seven yes they did finish five and seven they went two and six in the conference uh three and three on the road but two and four at home so i mean the tough loss to wake forest there but they beat uh, northern illinois on the road there to secure their over two and a half Yep. and then they proceeded to play the likes of alabama Ole miss georgia and they just got shellacked in those three yeah but then, then they uh, come in Florida that that's yeah. a game no one expected them to win so yeah I mean I gotta give Vandy I, I gotta consider an A minus don't I to double their Vegas total I don't think it's crazy mm-hmm. yeah I mean you go yeah. five and seven you double your Vegas total that's an automatic A to me if yeah, you double I, your Vegas total and you manage to win two conference games I'm sorry but that's yeah you get a you get an A from me yeah I, I think I would give him a B plus without much thought and I think I would really be tempted to give him an A minus yeah yeah, I would agree. Uh, just based on the fact that they hit their over by October, I'm going to give yeah. them an A. So A minus yeah. for me. Yeah. All right. So so final standings for the SEC. Uh, Timmy went seven and seven, mm-hmm. so he was straight at 500. Uh, I I went four and ten, highlighted oh. by my my O and seven SEC West results. Oh damn! And uh, and you came in at six and eight. Mm. Oh, yeah, behind me. So the it wasn't as rough as the ACC, but the SEC was not kind to us. Yeah, I would like to look up our totals overall. I don't have those. Just what we did in all the Power Five conferences. I don't have that. Well, we can touch on that next week how we did. But speaking of next week, uh, before we close out the show, what are we talking about next week? Uh, next week is a kind of a combination episode. We alluded to it earlier, but we're talking betting lessons learned. So Ooh. some of the uh, some of the the error part of trial and error uh, mm-hmm. methodology with with what we you know some things maybe we'd like to take back or we'll change going forward uh, in regards to our picks and i think we're also going to do a, a short awards show oh, maybe man. uh offensive defensive players of the year freshman of the year coach of the year type stuff it, it won't hmm. be like last year's award show because we don't have a third person to come up with categories well we might i don't know i'm working uh, on that i might try to get hunter blue on to get some laughs with us so fair enough we'll be doing some sort of award show well yeah worst case we can do a segment for sure and just talk about it and give some people some props who deserve it you know for sure because i think it is important to highlight for the listeners people like uh, bailey zappy 
who absolutely you know, end, up, end up breaking Joe Burrow's records and yes. nobody even fucking knows about it. He's you know, NFL so. starter, Bailey Zappi, to you, <laughs> mister. <laughs> oh, man. I can't Still got hosed on that category. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> oh my. All right. Well, that's going to wrap us up. Kind of a long episode. We appreciate our listeners for sticking with us. And we'll be back with you next week talking uh, betting lessons learned and what we're going to change looking forward and maybe some award segments here. So until then, catch you guys later on. Later. Thank you very much. Have a great day. <laughs>